0: This is the Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 62, Successful Parenting. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech-language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, 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 my friends. How is everybody doing today? Well, you are going to want to take note on this episode because I am handing you gold. Who doesn't want to know all the secrets on how to be a successful parent? Because you totally know I have them. I have done the perfect job of raising my two sons and my three stepkids. <laughs> Anyhow, I can't even get through that with a serious face because here's the thing. How do you even measure success? How do you measure success as a person? How do you measure it as a parent? Is there a criteria? Is there even such a thing as successful parenting? Well, today we're going to dive in and I'm going to share some thoughts with you. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this topic is that it comes up a lot in my coaching sessions with people. It also comes up a lot, I notice, in some of the groups and the forums that I'm in. So it may not always show up in the exact question of am I a successful parent per se, but I often hear it as I'm coaching and we're dealing with sometimes just everyday issues. And as we dig a little bit deeper, we inevitably hit the question, am I good enough? It's kind of like all roads lead to that question, right? I remember reading how Oprah said once that it didn't matter who she was interviewing, how famous they were, how confident they were. At the end of the interview, they would always turned to her and asked, how did I do? How was it? How was I? So essentially the question that everybody has is, am I good enough? And this is a question that we're always trying to answer. And it is the question that I hear from parents, particularly moms. Am I doing it right? Am I messing up my kids? So I'm going to give you some short answers to these questions of, am I good enough? Am I doing it right? And am I messing up my kids? And the short answers are always, sometimes, and likely. And we can just leave it at that. But if you want to go a bit deeper, let's dive in. You are always good enough. Always. There is no debate. You cannot change your worth. You are 100% worthy. So I want you to think of that $100 bill. I've used this example before. When a $100 bill is ripped and crumpled up, how much is it worth? $100. If it gets dirty, if it gets stomped on, if it gets wet, how much is it worth? $100. It does not matter what you do to the $100 bill. The value does not change. But because we're human, it's actually normal for us to question our worth, even though we are like that $100 and our worth never changes. So if you have those thoughts, take comfort that you're in good company with everybody else. You are 100% worthy and good enough. And so is everybody else around you. So let's think of it like on a spectrum where at one end, we think that we're not worthy. We're not good enough. And we kind of feel shame, which again is a completely normal thing to feel. It's just not a particularly useful emotion. But at this end of the spectrum, we think that everybody else is better than us. Now, all the way on the other end of the spectrum is where we think that we are better than everybody else. Whether we truly believe that or falsely believe that, that is just where the unhealthy pride and arrogance lives. So we don't want to be living over there either. We don't want to be going around thinking we're better than everybody else. We kind of want to be right in the middle where we're confident, where we know that we are 100% worthy and so is everybody else. And we don't need validation from anybody to know our worth. Validation from others is kind of like an emotional drug. It feels really good. It gives us a boost and it allows us to feel like we're enough because other people are telling us we are, but it's very short-lived. We need to learn how to confidently provide our own validation. Our worthiness comes from being and not doing. Just by being, I am enough. So that is a big question I always hear and we often tie it to parenting. Am I good enough? Am I a good enough person? Am I a good enough parent? And the answer is always yes. You are always good enough. Now, the next question that comes up is, am I doing it the right way? And my answer is sometimes. (laughs) Who really knows actually? Is there a right way? Is there a right way for one family, for one kid? Sometimes I'll have an experience with one of my kids and it will go so well and I'll think, okay, I totally did the right thing. I said the right thing. That really worked. Awesome. I figured it out. Then I'll try it again with that same kid or with another kid and it will totally bomb. So it's like hit and miss. And that's why the answer is sometimes. Sometimes we hit the sweet spot and all the stars are aligned. We have a strong connection and it's awesome. And sometimes it's a big messy mess. Lastly, the question, am I messing up my kids? And this one is kind of easy. Yes, yes, of course you are. Everybody is. It's kind of unavoidable. We were messed up by the generations before us, and we are messing up future generations. But we mess up differently. We get better at some things, worse at other things. And the good news is the mess up is where the growth is. Now, do we purposely try to mess up our kids? Now, most of us don't. Most people, at least that I think are working with trying to do their best, not to mess up. They often even want to give their kids more than what they felt like they had in their lives. So that's super common. If you're listening to this podcast, if you are asking these questions, then you can be sure that you are on a good path, but you will mess up and you will continue to mess up when you know better, you will do better, but there's always things that we don't know. And just because we're guaranteed to mess up does not mean that we should throw in the towel and say, who cares? What's the point then? Because for me, the purpose for everything is growth and connection. So I always want to be in a journey where I'm trying to have fun with the growth and the connection, enjoying and learning as much as possible. But I also take comfort in knowing that part of this journey is messing up and in turn, messing up my kids. I don't want to come at myself from a place of judgment and shame. I want to come from a place of kindness and compassion. So now that we have all these questions out of the way, if you are on a quest for growth and joy, then you may want to be looking to learn more about being a successful parent. So let's talk about that. We do actually have to start off by asking, how do we even define success? And I think we create a definition of success from drawing from a few different things. So a successful parent, we draw from one, the ideals that we have created. These are the things that we've taken from our own past, what we thought looked good to us when we were younger. So these are kind of like the judgments we had about our own parents. I like this part of how I was raised. I liked it when my parents did this or did that. And then the opposite, the typical, when I'm a mother, I will never do blah, blah, blah. So there were things that we did not like, so we vow to try not to carry them on into our own parenting. And this is not a slam on any parent. We all do this. There's things that we loved about our upbringing, and there's things that we didn't. And so we go into parenting vowing to do things, some of them the same, and some of them completely different. Now, the second way we define our success is we look at the criteria of the ideals that are developed from the media. We look to see what we see on TV and movies and social media. And I still do this now. The other night, my husband and I were watching This Is Us, and there was a scene where Randall and Beth, and I love Randall and Beth. I think they're amazing parents. They were dealing with one of their kids, and I just loved it because it fit my definition of what a good parent is. So it validated, in my mind, what a good parent is. So we create these ideals based on what we see and what we're drawn to. Now, the third way we create our definition is by looking at the ideals from comparison to our friends and the people that we know. We may know people and we may may think that they are awesome parents, or we look at their kids and their kids are so good and so well-behaved, and then we think, well, their parents must be doing something right. So we may turn and look at them and ask, what are they doing? Can I copy them? So we look around at the people around us and we may find some definition of success in those people. And lastly, another way that influences our definition of success is the ideals that are created by our culture, our religion, our ancestry. There are often very strong messages about families in our cultures, our religion, our heritage. Now, some cultures are more collective and some are more individualistic. Some religions teach strong values that are meant to be taught to kids to help create a certain kind of family. So that definitely influences what we come to believe as what defines a successful parent. Now, are any of these things bad? Of course not. But you can see how your definition of success is going to differ wildly based on your exposure to things, your upbringing, your exposure to media, your relationship with others, your culture, your religion. So many things shape us. And these things create your lens from which you view the world and your parenting. And then your definition of success will be defined by your own lens. So it's important that we take a look at what is the lens that we are looking through. We often take all these things that have influenced us over the years and we create an imaginary list or even a real list. We create a list of all the things that we think we need to do to be a good parent based on the lens that we wear. So this is kind of like what we talked about a couple episodes ago. We create a manual for ourselves. We create a manual of what a good parent is. Now, as I said back in that episode, it's not necessarily wrong to create a manual, but the manual can't be in charge of our feelings. It's okay if we create a manual, but we want to know that the manual is there and our manual isn't necessarily always right. So we create a list of all the things we think we should do and we may not always feel great about them or even feel like some of those things are the right things for us, but we create this list because we think that's what's expected. This is part of the recipe of a good parent. So I look at this list and I think it's super helpful to divide it a bit further into two categories. The first category, divide it into things I think I should do based on other people's opinions or things that I do because I worry what other people's people will think if I don't do them. I do them because I don't want to be judged. So that's kind of one list. It's really the, I think I should do this because society or other people will judge me if I don't do it. The second list are things that I do because I choose to do them. I truly value them and I want to do them. And so this is where you may want to do some digging about what your values and priorities are. Do this little exercise and it gives you a place to start. Whenever we want to go somewhere, we always need to know where we are starting. This is a starting address that you enter in the GPS. So spend some time exploring what it is you think right now makes a successful parent, what you should do and what you really want to do. Now, next, I want to talk a bit about how do we actually measure being a successful parent? So you got your list of what a successful parent is. How do you measure it? Now, this is where it gets super tricky because we have very faulty and shaky measurements. And from my experience, the biggest way I see people measure themselves is by the happiness or the behavior or the success of their children. So think about it. We look around and we see children, well-rounded, well-behaved, confident, engaged, well-mannered. And we often go to, huh, I wonder what their parents did. Like, what were their parents doing right? Or the child has really good manners, does well at school, is super respectful. And we think, oh, they were really raised well. But the biggest thing is even as parents, we say, all I want is my child to be happy. That becomes our measurement. That becomes our stake. And let's face it, part of our wanting our kids to be happy is for us to be happy. We often base our success as parents on whether or not we have happy and balanced kids. So this may seem like a good measure if you have one kid who at this exact moment is thriving. Because then you're going to be an awesome parent. But this is an incredibly bad idea to measure anything about our own success as a parent by our kids. Because which kid do you choose? at what age? I mean, I have five children. They're all different ages, different stages. Who do I use? Who is my best yardstick? Now, one of the reasons why this is a really bad idea is simply the fact that we don't have power over our kids. Now, when they were little, we may think we have more power than we did. And actually, in reality, we kind of did have more power. But overall, our kids have free agency. They are their own beautiful, unique individuals who get to decide how to live their own lives. They have their own personalities, their own genetics, their own experiences, their own choices. And we want that for them. We don't want to try to manipulate them to be a certain way or to feel a certain way so we can feel a certain way. They will have their own ups and downs. They have their own life lessons to attend to. We are actually just witnesses to their lives. I love what one of my mentors, Jody Moore, has said. She said, and I'm drawing very loosely from her idea, but each of us has a movie of our own life and our kids have their own movie. Now we're sometimes in their movie or when they're younger, we may be more involved in directing or costume design of their movie, but mainly throughout their life, We just get to sit back and watch their movie. We don't get to take credit for their triumphs, nor responsibility for their failures. We celebrate along with them, and we may mourn along with them. We do our best to act well and direct well when we are in their movie, when we are invited in their movie, when there is a role for us in their movie. But we try to be the best audience we can when we are just sitting back watching, but it is their movie. So I can't judge my success based on how well someone else's movie does. Now, secondly, we also need to remember that in both our lives, the lives of us as parents and the lives of our kids, really the lives of everybody around us, life is 50-50. It is messy. There are ups and downs, highs and lows. Some of the challenges we create for ourselves because of our poor choices, or our kids create for themselves due to their poor choices. Other challenges are there because of the poor choices of other people. Maybe they're the poor choices of our parents, or our kids, or spouses, or bosses, or friends, or even a complete stranger. And then other challenges are just life challenges, no rhyme or reason, just a function of being human. So, because life is messy, we need to take that into account when things go wrong because nothing really has gone wrong. We're not failures when things seem to go wrong. So we can't measure our our success by our kids' success. And what a relief that is for them too, because no one wants to be responsible for somebody else's success or failure. We have to remember that when we measure success, it is really measured within a mess. So we have to take it all with a grain of salt. So then is there a way to measure how we are doing? We already know our definition of success is kind of tainted and now our measures of success are a bit skewed. So what do we do? Well, after we've built some awareness by really thinking about what we just talked about and taking that in, I think we can do some type of evaluation. We can figure out where we are and if we're on track to where we want to be. The thing is, we get to decide how successful we are. We get to decide. It's kind of that simple and it's kind of that liberating. We just get to choose. Now, how do we do it? Well, you take the list of things that you made earlier and you pull from it all the things that feel good for you, all the things that are important to you. You can look at the things that you think other people think. And if any of those feel good for you, then add them to your list too but you start creating your list of criteria of what you believe makes a successful parent. Now, here's an important thing to remember. The list is only for the things that you have control of, not what your kids do. I am a successful parent if I do X, Y, Z. It does not matter what your kids will say, do, or think. So for example, I have on my list... I'm a successful parent if I teach my kids things, but I can't control what my children learn. That can't be part of my success criteria, that my children learn certain things. The only thing I can put on my list, I am a successful parent when I teach XYZ. So to help you get started with your list, I'm going to share with you a few things that are on my list of what being a successful mom is. Now, these are my ideas. You may agree with some things and you can totally disagree with others. It will not change your value as a parent. And frankly, it certainly does not change mine. I also want to offer to you that this list is ever changing because our roles as parents change as well. I've used this analogy before. When I think of raising kids, I think of it like flying in an airplane. When they're little, they're in the plane with me, but I fly the plane. As I get older, I teach them how to fly. I show them certain things. Now, eventually I move over to co-pilot and they take over and they fly and I'm just guiding them. Now, eventually they may want me to just be a quiet passenger. And then eventually I get out of the plane. I go to the control towers and I can oversee now all my planes flying around. I may be in the control tower and I may see somebody flying too close to a mountain or heading into a storm. Now, in my success guide as a mother, I actually want to choose to let them know, hey, this is what I see up ahead of you. But again, I can't control what they do with it. They can choose to listen or not listen. They can choose to completely have their radio off and never listen to me at all. So you may have different success guides depending on what role you're playing, when you're a pilot versus a co-pilot versus the passenger, the air traffic controller, et cetera and it will change. I'm going to list for you some of the things I have done or I have had on my list in the past, and some things have changed over the years as well. So for example, the one I gave earlier to teach my kids had a much larger role when my kids were younger, when I was actively teaching them how to fly. I included things that as a mother, I wanted to give them some structured teaching. Like helping them with school. We had a family night each week. We also did cooking, and this is a perfect example of I can teach, but I can't force them to learn because none of them really took much out of my little teaching episodes of helping them learn how to cook. But I tried. Another thing is I tried to teach them values through word and deed. That life is hard. Life is 50-50, Their worth is infinite. I decided that that was what meant for me to be a successful mom. I would love them to the best of my ability, but I couldn't control if they felt that love or if they accepted that love. I tried to create opportunities for memories. Who knows what they remember or if they'll ever look back on those memories. I wanted to model a healthy relationship. I don't know. Would they notice? Would they even pay attention? Would they even want the same for themselves? It doesn't matter. I defined it for myself. This is what I want to model, a healthy relationship. They get to decide what they take from it. My job versus their job. So you see, I can list what my criteria is, but I have no control over how it lands with them. So I just need to stay focused on what my values and priorities are and what feels good and right to me. So continued on my list to be authentic to show them that they were my priority, but I was also a priority and my marriage was a priority, to provide them the necessities of life, to model a healthy lifestyle, to attend as many of their events as I could, to be involved in their lives, to be a parent first, a friend second, to set limits and discipline, to love God, to develop a personal relationship with their heavenly parents. Again, that's what I wanted, but they don't have to take it and it doesn't change my level of success. I wanted to teach them that they are part of a bigger family. I wanted to have fun with them. I wanted to try to make my home a safe haven. I wanted to create and participate in traditions. So this is part of the list that I created And what I use to define my success as a mother. If I'm trying to do these things, that is my measure of success. Will I be successful all the time? Of course not. And that is where self-compassion comes in. And that is actually also why on my success guide, it's important for me to be authentic. Because that one is a grace-giving one to me because it allows me to be the most amazing mom that I am and the hot mess mom that I am. Now, as my kids get older, an interesting thing is happening and I think everybody goes through it, but your kids start to let you know where you're messed up, what you could do better. And it can be kind of hard to hear because you know how hard it is to be a parent if you are a parent, especially a perfectly imperfect parent. And some of the things that they point out, I'm like, yeah, that's totally true. But I also like to remind myself that when I know better, I can do better. This is a journey that we have not done before. And it truly is the 50-50 of life. So as I work on my own being, my own self-confidence, my own authentic self, I can fully embrace my flaws along with my strengths. It doesn't mean I don't want to change some things or be better or strive for better, but it never changes my worth. If I improve, I am the same worth. If I am the same, I am the same worth. I change because I want to. I like learning. I like progressing. It helps me feel better. It helps me feel more confident. It helps me build resilience and develop strategies, but there's no more worth. I'm not broken. I don't need fixing. I am of infinite worth. And so are you. And so are your kids. We are all a wonderful mix of strength and weaknesses. And that is what I have for you today. Are you a successful parent? Always and never and everything in between. You get to decide. Do not hand over your power to anybody, not to your kids, your neighbor, your friend, your past. You get to decide. Figure out what is important to you and parent according to that list for yourself. And when you mess up, because you will mess up. Own it. Give yourself grace and compassion, forgiveness, apologize, accept, move on. A successful parent is not a perfect parent. We just have to keep going on this journey and let's support each other. Let's cheer each other on. Being a parent is tough. Let's support each other with compassion and kindness. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.